Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. It's 99.9 KISW, The Rock of Seattle, and... Uh, we're back in the studio with Carnotaurus. It's uh, it's November 18th, 2019. Just a couple months back, we had a st- session with uh, these guys, Carnotaurus, and it just so happened to be the one week where everything went kaputs at KISW. We had a good time, though, right? Oh, yeah. It was a blast. Very fun. It was a good time, man. It was, uh, it was the first time we've had Carnotaurus as a band in studio uh, for, for Loud and Local. Uh, I, we have had uh, Travis the Virus up on Metal Shop multiple times. I believe, Brad, have you come up to Metal Shop before? I've come and visited and hung out a couple times, yeah. So if you're uh, familiar with Metal Shop, Travis the Virus, he's a uh, kind of man on the streets. Uh, he's he's a uh, often contributor to Metal Shop and has been for the past nine years. Uh, and uh, I actually met him working at Silver Platters in, in Bellevue. Uh, we you know became friends there and... Have uh, we actually live like right next to to each other now, and it's pretty rad. Uh, but you know, aside from that, he's just in a kick-ass band. So it's good to have you guys up here again. And uh, you know, so honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be 100% honest. I did everything I could to try and get that audio from the session because I I thought it was a great show. Uh, we got to uh, you know kind of talk all about the roots of your guys's uh, taste in music, and uh, you know, but. That's what happened, man. There was a, a bit of a uh, a cyber meltdown here at uh, Intercom in Seattle, and and uh, it was it was kind of crazy. If you read radio news, you, you'll probably know what I'm talking about, and uh, it was pretty gnarly. So I had to uh, make sure these guys got in here to redo this. But before we go any further, uh, let's acknowledge the fact that it's only two members tonight, right? So who are we missing? We are missing uh, Chris Novak. Okay. He uh, he had some. Uh work obligations and couldn't get here in time for the interview unfortunately I, but uh I did want to acknowledge that he is he is there so uh you know yeah. just just make sure whatever whatever you're doing Chris man want to let you know we're thinking about you brother and uh, you kill it and uh he I does. I love following him on social media cuz he always posts the pictures of your shows it always looks really cool so well, well right now he's exterminating oh boy just loves to kill brutal. <laughs> Chris that's brutal. exterminate so again, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves and uh, tell us about uh, you know uh, what what are your prior bands? Have you have you guys done prior bands before this? Uh, um, well, nothing that really went anywhere. Yeah. I was uh, I was in a couple of bands in my early twenties. Uh, Overture, who I'm sure none of you have ever heard of. Uh, I was in uh, I was in a short lived project called Doctor Reem and the Filth Machine. Nice. And you played guitar for that? I did play guitar for that. It was yeah. funny. It was um, it was this old uh, band uh, Monstroticus Frankensteinicus. And some of you who have been around uh, the area a long time might remember that maybe in the early maybe in the early two thousands you remember there was actually a pretty uh, a pretty prominent industrial happening there. And, um, and Monstroticus Frankensteinicus were playing with a band, but they didn't want to, uh, 
associate themselves with that band. So instead, they asked some friends of theirs, like, hey, would you like to do, like, real drum, guitar, and bass versions of our songs live? And we did that. We played the Ballard Firehouse. And, That's awesome. Uh, that was fun. It was, uh, strangely enough, it was, like, right after... A uh, a Tom Likas live taping, so you could imagine. Up, Tom. You could imagine the changing of the guard happening at that. Like, uh, yeah, like one crowd coming out, another crowd going in, and just it was really strange. But it was fun. But no, other than that, I have not been. Uh, I was never really in any bands that went anywhere sure. before Carnotaurus because I was just so stubborn. Uh, after like being a teenager in my early 20s trying to play music and can't find any I couldn't find anybody that wanted to play the stuff that I wanted to sure. that I could get along with and also wanted to play with so you had a vision I did I did have a vision you didn't want to go half ass how it. how great that vision was is a matter up for debate but sure. I had a vision yeah and that's why when Carnotaurus finally released an EP it was just me and a drum machine okay yeah, but that was what was it eight years ago, seven years ago. Oh, uh, the the original the original EP, A Taste of the Carnage to Come, came out. Yeah, yeah, in two thousand, uh, late two thousand ten, early two thousand eleven. I honestly can't remember. Okay, because uh, we've been hanging point. out for about eight years now. So. Uh, yeah, so I'd say yeah. Before that, yeah, Brad and I are first uh, first played together in two thousand eleven. So yeah, that's about right. So Brad, where does where's your background? Were you in bands before this, and uh, how did you guys meet? Um, I kind of started out in punk bands when I was a kid. Nothing even worth naming didn't go anywhere. Come on, um, throw some names out there. Crack pipe shiv. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, uh, some years after that, I uh, kind of took a break from music for a little bit. Got back into it when I met some friends and did a power metal band called uh, Shroud of Desolation. That's awesome. Yeah, that one that one was pretty That's fun. That's a cool was, name. Thank you. And uh, I mean it wasn't totally what I was into, but it you know, there were complicated fun talented songs of and course, I would yeah. always say stuff like, "Well, this isn't hard enough." And they'd say, "Well, why don't you go start Planet Piss Murder Face?" <laughs> <laughs> and I would agree and uh, eventually yeah, I, I did, did pretty much, but um, Death Clock. Hell yeah. So, uh, that was when I met Travis actually. Yeah, where'd you guys meet? Working at Silver Platters. Yeah, just like me. And then um so that band kind of fizzled out. I started a prog metal band that was really great called Argeria. Okay. Um, I think you. I think there's actually a couple songs of theirs on YouTube somewhere if you look for it. Nice. But, um, so after that kind of fizzled out, just from you know some bands just don't work. Sure. Um, I was at an Opeth show. It was right after they came out with Heritage. Oh yeah. People started leaving the show early because they were only playing songs from Heritage. I'm sure. And, you know, people. Get they did a bit of a pivot, smoking. you know, with yeah. their career. So. I mean, it was still a good album, but. You know, people were kind of just going outside to smoke cigarettes but and joints, and I went But you still want to hear some old stuff. Oh, I stayed for the whole set. I, I'm saying, it, yeah. as as awesome as that album was, I, I did dig that record, but I still, when I go to an open show, I still want to hear some old stuff. I want to hear some growling. Yeah. I want to hear one or two songs. Come well, on. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but you guys uh, met there. Yeah, I went outside, smoked a cigarette, and I was like, oh, hey, Travis from Silver Platters, what's going on? Yeah. I just, uh, I, I didn't know that he had... Uh, a band or anything going on, and I was just, I just kind of assumed, like, you know what? This dude looks like he plays music. Sure he does. Enough, he did. Yes, he does. He so looks he like he would be in a metal band. To, uh, he gave me some songs and a week to learn them and said that he had a show set up at the zoo, I believe it was. Here's yeah. your tryout, bro. Yep, the Zoo Tavern. And, nice. Uh, metal Nights. Took a week to zoo tavern. learn like four or five songs. 
Uh, four songs. Four songs? Yeah, it was four songs. We had a great time, and uh, that that was that. Nice, dude. We decided, hey, let's keep doing this. This is brutal. And, uh, you know, with uh, the different uh, incarnations of the band, uh, you guys have been the two consistent members, and uh, that's, yep. that's uh, something to be said, man. It's not easy uh, to kind of weather the storm of, of uh, you know, having day jobs, having normal life things, and then continuing on. And, uh, you know, you guys came out with a, a killer record this year, a killer EP, and you just released a new song. We're going to play it here on the show. But uh, I got to ask about this, the name, dude. That's something we, we talked about earlier. We talked about a couple months ago, but, you know, it's not documented here online, so we got to go into it, dude. Of people, course. People listening to it now might think, like, what is a Carnotaurus? They might not be the scholars of the dinosaur uh, history like you are, Travis. So it's the uh, coolest looking one. You you have a large collection of of toys that are di- dinosaur toys. Yep. Uh, and uh, let's go into your your love of dinosaurs and what is a Carnotaurus and and all of that. Okay, I will try to answer all of that in that order. Sure. First of all, my love of dinosaurs. Uh, dinosaurs are awesome. Absolutely. I don't think. Uh, I, if it, there's, you can't make an argument against that. Whether you're into the scientific things about them or not, or if you just love watching Jurassic Park or something, um, dinosaurs are awesome. They are every bit as cool as any kind of mythological creature that throughout history. Only they were real. Yeah. And they ruled the Earth for 150 million years before there were any large mammals at all. The only other animals that you could say, uh, well, the only other vertebrates, at least, that you could say are just as successful of them would be crocodilians and sharks. Uh, but, but you look at any other group of vertebrae, it just doesn't compare. And I've loved dinosaurs since I was a kid. I think every kid gets at least goes through a dinosaur phase. Of course, I just, of course, dude. Yeah, I, I just never got out of mine. I just always kept reading up on them and you know watching documentaries, just yeah. thinking they were so cool. And then when I was about thirteen, when I started listening to uh, when I started listening to heavy metal, and that became my obsession. So those have been the two biggest obsessions in my life. Been, your constants, been man. Been dinosaurs and metal music, and uh, and, and eventually, uh, when I start, was trying to come up with a name for my project, mm-hmm. when it was just me, I was trying to come up with a name that sounded really cool, but wasn't, but would still stick out, and didn't sound like every other band because there's so many bands out there, even even in the in like in the mid two thousands. Uh, there were still so many bands. It was like they're named after uh, some like occult creature. They're named How after. How many witches can, do we need? Yeah, they have witch in their name. They have blood in their name. They're named after a weapon. Yeah. Uh, they're, it's like uh, a des- zombie movie. Descri- yeah. A zombie movie describing uh, some really gory uh, act, act of violence. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, uh, like primordial evisceration or something like that. And I thought, there's enough bands like that. And then I started thinking, well, what about a dinosaur? And immediately I thought of the Carnotaurus. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Carnotaurus was a theropod dinosaur. That's a meat-eating dinosaur that walked on two legs. Yeah. And um, it lived in what is now Argentina. And it was a mid-sized dinosaur, like smaller than a T-Rex, but much larger than a Velociraptor. And what made it unique uh, in appearance is that unlike 
every single other theropod ever discovered, the Carnotaurus has these two big horns coming out of the top of its head. And it, you look at a skull of a Carnotaurus, it looks like a demon skull. It yeah, looks kind of does. Okay. Yeah, sure. It looks like you're looking at the skull of a demon. Only this thing actually walked the earth in flesh and blood. Yeah, this isn't fake. This it is had, true yeah, life. And it it had a it, it had like a really more of a blunt beak than most theropods, but it was had like dozens and dozens and dozens of razor sharp teeth. Uh, like really oh, small, just rip your teeth. flesh, man. and the the jaws were designed basically like to grab onto something, quickly tear the flesh off, and then just keep doing that with just these rapid fire bites, you know, like a like a, a mulcher or something. And I thought, wow, I can't think of a death metal band name that round now named after a dinosaur. I'll go with that, and that was uh, that was the beginning. Was it always intended to be like a dinosaur-themed band? Were you just going to be a death metal band that had a dinosaur title, like a dinosaur um, name? And it's kind of strange. I originally, yeah. uh, I originally picked a dinosaur name because I didn't want to get tied down to one subject. Okay. <laughs> but um, but then it just kind of I, I and the because when the first EP came out, it was songs that I had had written for a while. Yeah. But then when I started writing new songs with Brad. Um, I thought we came up with, uh, I had had half of the song and we jammed out on it for about two hours. And at the end, we had the song Dynanechus Rampage, at least what would become Dynanechus Rampage. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay, we're, um, we actually, why not write a song about dinosaurs? I've been meaning, I had made reference to, uh, dinosaurs in some of the other songs, but it was more like, had more of a sci fi bent to it. Sure. But uh, so I wrote the lyrics to Dynanechus Rampage, and I really liked it. And I thought, well, why don't I write another uh, song about dinosaurs? And then it occurred to me that no other death metal band that I knew of was covering this subject. Yeah, there's no 100% dinosaur death metal band. There are Viking death metal bands. There are death metal bands that sing about, uh, you know, like, Either specifically Satanism, specifically paganism, mm-hmm. all these other things, uh, just uh, horror, just uh, there's metal movies. bands that are just trolls, all, all about trolls. There's a metal band in the Northwest called Oxygen Destroyer that's a kaiju, Caillou themed, Godzilla themed. Oh, hey, we know band. those guys. And you guys did a split with them. We do. Yeah, we know those guys. We played a show with them. We did a split with them. Um, yeah, so you they're gotta, great guys. And so it's I, fitting that you you do that because you know so much about it, and there's a. It's ripe with extremely brutal and metal content. Yeah, there's so much brutal stuff that you could do with that concept because you got to think that, uh, you know, not just all the different varieties of dinosaurs, but also the world they lived in was uh, quite chaotic. Yeah. It was, you know, a lot of the places where. You, 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 when you think about dinosaurs in the prehistoric world, you think about volcanoes. Mm-hmm. You think about like open plains with all these really like strange, uh, strange plants. You you think about jungles with giant insects. You think about uh, like the ocean, and that's like where sharks shared it with these giant reptiles that literally looked like sea monsters, Insane. literal sea monsters. So there, was, and, there was no, like, TV. You couldn't take a hot shower. There was no 7-Elevens anywhere. It was brutal. I yeah. mean, mo- most of you would just die from exposure. Can't smoke if a you, cig? Come on. Yeah. So I thought, well, 
uh, we're I'm gonna this is uh, something I love. Um, we're gonna uh, yeah, we're, this is the direction we're gonna take now. That's awesome. So it, it'll help us stand out, and I enjoy writing about it quite a bit. And it's just it's cool. It's I, I like to think that uh, I mean. Well, it's unique. Yeah, it's it is fun. unique. Yeah, it's unique, it, it's and, unique. It's fun and and it's it's uh, historical and it's badass. So. I wish I had thought of it years ago. Well, now, well, you kind of did, like seven <laughs> or eight years ago, and now we uh, we're here and we're gonna debut a, a song here. It's been out. Well, it's been out now for a couple months just because uh, we debuted it on the show. But as we uh, covered at the beginning, the show has been long lost in the ether. I'd like to think that there are young little kids out there who heard the show and are starting their own. Little, uh, you know, death metal themed dinosaur bands just in tribute. But who you can never know until, you know, that band pops up. But we're going to re-debut the song. Let's just re-debut it, rather. Uh, it's a stampede of horns and shields. It's a uh, EP digitally uh, released. Uh, and you you guys recorded this where? Uh, we recorded this uh, at Cody Brumlow's studio. Yeah. The, uh, you recorded the EP there, too, yeah, we right? Reco- yeah, recorded the EP and the, and the single there. Uh, for those of you who don't know Cody's work, you should know Cody's work. He's a he, he was in Weapon Lord. Yep. He's got a new band called Bad Magic. He's Is a, Weapon Lord not around anymore? Oh, did did you not know that? I didn't know. I didn't think that was supposed to be a secret, okay. but uh, as far as I know, but uh, but yeah, he's got a new band out. It's called Bad Magic. Nice. They uh, they're they're a bit more uh, dirty rock and roll type stuff. Okay, really good. Um, and he also recorded uh, Oxygen Destroyer, Toxic Rain. He recorded Substratum. He, re- you know, like a bunch of great local metal That's bands. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, he, I, I knew Cody from again Silver Platters. Silver Platters should really be paying us for all these plugs. Right. But anyway, <laughs> um, I met him there that, because he and his dad and his brother came in. I think it was his brother. Anyway, um, yeah, they came in a lot, and I got to know him. Uh, as he was, uh, you know, learning how to do studio stuff. Yeah. And eventually he was like, yeah, I got, you know, we got my new studio all set up. Uh, you should, you guys should come and record with me. I'd love to work with you. So we did. And it sound it's the best recordings we've ever done. And it was a great experience. And uh, hope, uh, I hope to work with him again in the future. Right on, man. So we're going to re-debut it. You're listening to Loud and Local special podcast redo edition of our interview with Carnotaurus. Uh, When we get back here after this song, A Stampede of Horns and Shields, we'll be talking all about a couple shows that you can actually catch this band at if you dig what you hear. So again, this is Carnotaurus on Loud and Local After Dark. Come on, run and 
Here on Loud and Local Carnotaurus, that was a stampede of horns and shields. So uh, you can find that on carnotaurus.bandcamp.com. You can buy that from them. You can also uh, find it on Spotify, I believe. And uh, it's uh, it's available to stream on Spotify, but you can also purchase it on Bandcamp, right? You can for uh, a uh, pay-what-you-want nice. amount, I believe. Right on, guys. So... Uh, you uh, you think that uh, that'll ever see the day of like release physical or how do you guys feel about that? You guys like uh, want to start releasing stuff like as far as like physical copies or uh, do you, do you think it's easier to just put it up online and people can listen? Well, what do you guys think? Well, it's easier for us because yeah. once we um, once we record it and have it mastered and everything, it, we just. Uh, we put it up on Bandcamp, and then um, I uh, I go through DistroKid yeah. to digitally distribute stuff. And they, for those of you not familiar with DistroKid, they're a company where you basically pay a yearly fee um, for twenty. Uh, I have the I have the one band deal, so awesome. for twenty dollars a year, I can upload 
as many songs as I can record and have the rights to, cool. and they just put them on every platform on the internet that streams or downloads music. So that's how we got on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google uh, Music, all that Tidal, stuff, yeah. Google. You're on Jay Z's streaming. You're is, on is, Tidal. Oh, oh, does Jay Z own that? Jay Z owns that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You there look you up. Go. You Get look that up Rockefeller Car- money. You look up Carnotaurus. We'll be on there. Rock and Nation, there's baby. a couple other platforms that came up in the last couple of years that I don't even know about. I just get an update from DistroKid. Hey, congratulations. Your song is now live on uh, on uh, this service here. Like, okay, great. Not familiar with that, but hopefully someone will find it there. And you're on YouTube as well. And we are on YouTube as well. Carnotaurus has a YouTube channel. We plan to do more with that in the future. But uh, for now, all there is is just some uh, previews of tracks we already have. But if you want to listen to it uh, for free and don't want to go to, for some reason, you don't want to go to our Bandcamp page, you can look us up on YouTube. But the reason I ask, and and I'm not trying to speak for you guys, but I know at least uh, Travis, Travis the Virus, uh, you're a fan of still having like a physical CD and and still having that package. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I I, I still have hundreds of... Of CDs and cassettes and and you have quite the record, record yeah. and and LPs. Yeah, I do believe uh, I like physical media. I I think like even though even though it's uh, you know not as prominent, not as many people buy physical media as they used to. Mm-hmm. I feel that metal fans, a lot of metal fans, That's, still yeah. like they still like the physical. They like the the act of collecting and curating. That collection. They also, um, I, I, I look at it as uh, if you like uh, physical copies are for like the really big fans. Absolutely. So if you hear us and you like us, you might stream us a bit, might download some tracks. But then if you end up really liking us, you can always pick up a CD, which there will be a physical release of our Wrath of the Flesh Eating Bull EP at some point in the near future. It's just uh, I haven't had time to coordinate with anybody to do layout for it yeah. and everything. Um, but, yes, there will be a physical copy. But uh, I like uh, I like the convenience of uh of just being able to put it up on Bandcamp course, yeah. and to get it on all the streaming platforms that we possibly can. So that's what we'll probably do in the future. When we record anything, we'll put it up online and we will later on uh, do some kind of physical release. If it's a single like Stampede, mm-hmm. we'll probably wait till we have a few. Yeah. Because just spending all that money for a CD with one song just doesn't make any sense to exactly. me. Exactly. We, we ain't no CD single uh, advocates here. Let's just get a few songs on there at least. So. Right. Or just put the same song over 15 times. <laughs> and see if anybody notices. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so uh, we're talking to Carnotaurus, and they actually have a couple killer shows. Lucky Liquor, November 23rd with uh, Veriteris, Hands of Deliverance, and DoveCon. And then they're going to be playing up in Shoreline at Daryl's Tavern on December 7th with DoveCon and Steel Tigers of Death. So tell me, what's the DoveCon Carnotaurus connection? Do they hit you guys up for some shows or do you know them? Or? Um, Chris knows one of the guys in DoveCon. Okay. Uh, we were, we, he originally reached out to him to see if he wanted to play a, an Olympia show with us that we did uh, about a month and a half ago, yeah. but they weren't available. But they kept us in mind, and then they asked, uh, "Hey, do you want to you want to play the show in Shoreline with us?" And we said, "Sure." And for the other show, it was actually Veretarus who invited us onto the bill at Lucky Liquor because apparently they had a the the venue had a show booked that night, 
and it fell apart, and so they needed to put together a show, and Veretarus just happened to contact them at the same time. Okay. And so they're like, okay, yeah, we'll get a couple other bands, and one of them, we, they reached out to us, and they actually reached out to DoveCon independently of us. So there you go. that's just a coincidence. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I've listened to DoveCon online. They're uh, kind of reminiscent of Helmet. And, oh, nice. Uh, so... I'm I'm down to I'm down to play with any band that's heavy and rocks, so it should be fun. Hell yeah, man! And uh, this past weekend, you guys got to play at uh, up north at the Merkwood. Yeah, uh, shout out to my friends in Woodshed. Uh, they they live up there. They always play the Merkwood. So uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, that was fun. I'd never been. Uh, I never played a show in Arlington. Yeah, uh, it was way out there um at least it seemed so at the time there sure. was one point where i had to go through a uh had to drive down a road that looked like oh wow there's a farmhouse and a field yep. and another field big city yeah <laughs> bright lights big city yeah um we're uh so yeah we got to the murkwood the stage is great the uh the other bands uh were cool we played with uh uh, Born Without Blood from yeah. right here in Seattle. Yeah. They were at the show. They were great. Um, Morbid Fascination from Salem. Okay. That was cool. Um, we actually loaned them. I'm assuming our, Salem, Oregon, right? Salem, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. We, uh, we actually loaned them our cabs because they uh, had transportation problems sure. and they were kind of screwed for space. So we were like, yeah, they. Help them out, yeah. Yeah, of course, help them out. And then Treasonist from Portland opened the show. They were really good. That's awesome. And uh, Brian from Power Beast, another Portland band, was actually playing bass for them at the time. And I'd met Brian a couple years ago when we went down to Portland to play at the uh, the High Watermark. They had, uh, every year they have this, uh, like, action movie themed show. And we went down there uh, to play with, uh, I believe it was... Uh, Power Beast, Oxygen Destroyer, Us, and uh, Hyborian Rage. It's a cool who, name. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're I they're I believe Conan themed. Nice Conan dinosaur. Godzilla. Godzilla. It's and if you listen to Power Beast music, it's very uh, yeah, they, it's it's very. It, they're monster themed. Sure. Yeah. They're uh, EP. That's awesome. Yeah. When you uh, in fact you go to their Bandcamp site, they have like. Uh, like their songs with and without the dialogue intros. That's awesome. <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, uh, we had fun. The uh, the stage was cool. It almost looks like too nice a place to uh, have death metal bands play. <laughs> um, but we, you know, the staff was uh, really good to us, yeah. and uh, the food was fifty percent off because we were in a band. And most places we've played don't do that. So shout out to the Merkwood. That was cool. Yeah. And they have a tattoo shop upstairs, so you can, like, you know, have a few too many drinks, get a tattoo, spend half your paycheck. There you go. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Get, you know, get just enough liquor in you to, uh, you know, get uh, a duck tattoo. Yeah. Get a duck tattoo. Or, or you could see or us. Or you could play... get Scum Dog tattooed across your belly. Oh, no. I already did that in a dirty basement from a I... buddy of mine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, an odorous signed it before he died. That true makes warfare. me an actual Scum Dog of the universe. That's true, my friend. Uh, we're talking to Carnotaurus, and uh, we're, we're, the reason we're talking about all these different venues and whatnot is because you can catch them on the 23rd at Lucky Liquor, and then on the 7th up in Shoreline at Daryl's. Lucky Liquor's a cool venue. It's kind of over by Boeing area, kind of South Seattle, Yeah, uh, and it's it's just a dive bar. They got some cool pinball. They got a mini little area, mini stage, and it's just it's kind of a punk rock dive bar. I like it, man. 
Yeah, I, they, it's kind of reminds me of something you'd see in like a Quentin Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was just like all these crazy lights and like the stage in the background, back back of the place is just like like it's it's small, it's dank. I don't know if they even have like a standard PA. Sure, but um, it's all you need, man. Yeah. A room and some some people to bang their heads and and a band. Yeah, if you like dive dive bars, you'll have fun there. Especially if a band like us is playing. So you guys have been a band for about eight years or so now, right? Eight years? Uh, eight years as a actual functioning band as opposed yeah. to just me recording songs on my own, yeah. So you've been a project uh, band for eight years. Uh, I'm just going to put you guys on the spot here. What are a couple of your favorite shows? A couple of your favorite memories uh, thus far? Obviously, we're kind of just getting into it now and releasing your best material to date. But up until this time, what have been some uh, some memorable shows or uh, you know things you can kind of recollect? Well, we ha- we had a lot of really cool shows. Um, the uh, one that comes to mind is uh, oh, we played uh, a couple years ago. We played with uh, Witch Haven when they came nice. up here uh, in Olympia. That was, uh, like I think, two years ago. Uh, Command and Oxygen Destroyer played that show, too. And so that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, I think you guys have played with Pound a couple times, right? We played with Pound years ago. You were like, with Pound before they were Pound. They were just LB, exclamation yeah. point. Yeah, but when they were still just LB, exclamation point, I still have one of their... Uh, t-shirts yes. from where it has like where it's looking like all death metal like a unique leader records band logo yep. only it's like lb exclamation and all this crazy stuff on the side yeah back I, we played with pound a few times uh back at the two-bit saloon when r.i.p um, right yeah yeah man, seriously I, I really miss that place but we played there, uh, and it was so long ago. It was when when uh, Ryan was still playing an eight string guitar, as opposed that was a long to long time ago, as opposed to his nine string that he plays now. And um, yeah, that was that was always a lot of fun. Even back then, they didn't sound like any other band around here. Totally, and it was really cool to uh, see them in the earlier days. Uh, you know, tweaking and perfecting their sound. And also, they're really cool guys, and it's, and it's and it's more fun to play shows with people when they're cool. So exactly, and, and it's cool to have shows where not every band sounds similar, where they have different genres, kind of different, and maybe like the uni- unifying theme is that it's all heavy or it's all you know rock and roll, but like you know different genres or different. It's kind of how it was when I gr- first started going to shows, is because uh, I remember you know going to all ages shows. It seemed like the scene wasn't big enough to be split like that. You'd go to a show and see a punk band, a metal band, a hardcore band, and a ska band, and everyone got along and it got people from all different scenes and you know you guys yeah. agree? I remember that. Yeah. I I agree. I kind of um, miss that. Yeah. I mean don't get me wrong, I love a good solid straight death metal of show. Of course, yeah. But uh especially for local shows with like just as many especially with as many bands that are around in Seattle. Um yeah, like I said earlier, uh, we'll play with uh, any band that is just as lo- just as long as like they they're heavy and they rock and uh, they're gonna you know put on a good show as well. Yeah, we're down to play with anybody. Um, I saw recently uh, a clip from an old uh, 
MTV News thing from the early 90s when Kurt Loder was talking about first when he was talking about uh, the first Lollapalooza and he met and what he said about it was uh, about the lineup was that the bands didn't have anything in common other than intensity and mindset I think it was and that was great and if you look at the lineup of the early Lollapaloozas that's absolutely true yeah, yeah that needs to come it's back Patrick Pumpkin Cypress I, Hill Sonic U Quicksand stuff like that Tool, yeah like yeah, you could like, like, like ministry in there maybe somewhere yeah, exactly. yeah the first year like it had Rollins Band and Body Count and Nine Inch Nails and uh Jane's Addiction. Porno for Pyro or Jane's Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think Porno for Pyro was was like the third one later. But um but yeah, like I uh you you, you hear uh, that way people that people get to hear more bands. Uh you get to you, you being in a band, you get to meet more musicians and hang out with them and get uh to hear some bands that you might not yourself. So yeah. uh yeah, There's always got to be a common thread. Least, I'm so. always for it. Yeah, as long as as long as it's heavy. Like uh, oh, like Thumbfest uh, a while back when yeah. uh, when Pound did their kickoff shore th- uh, tour uh, show at the substation. Yep. Those a lot of those bands just did not. It wasn't just like oh yeah, it's like a bunch of grindcore bands or a bunch of hardcore bands or a bunch of doom bands. Like I found like most people that like death metal also like thrash. And grindcore. A lot of them also like punk and hardcore. Yep. So why why keep it all separate? Why you know just like it's it's more exciting that way. And it you know each individual band has an opportunity to stand out and show what they can do. And they're not just getting lost in like uh-huh. oh great another band <clears throat> with a bunch of blast beats. So yeah, I'm totally down for more variety for shows. I think it's what the local scene needs. To be honest with you. Absolutely, man. So, dude, it's uh, it's good to have you guys up here, and and uh, we kind of got to go back a little bit because this is a conversation that we had on the first show before it was deleted for all time and eternity. So, uh, you know, pff, we weren't all born with uh, BC Rich guitars in our hands and uh, incantation long sleeves. There was a time before we got into death metal, and there was a time that we were just you know getting into you know uh, music or just discovering things, and everything was new to us. Let's go back to those times. What was the first? CD, tape, record, first piece of physical music that you purchased on your own, uh, not given to you by a cool older brother, your parents, or inherited. What was the first one that you actually sought out and purchased on your own? Brad, let's start with you this time. I was in second grade, and I vacuumed the house several, several times and maybe did some other chores that that a second grader can do. Yeah. And uh, with a huge stack of quarters, I went and bought Green Day's Dookie. Okay, yeah. On CD or tape? CD. CD? I believe it was CD. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was CD. Okay. And then from there, did you kind of discover bands as, as you kind of went on? You probably just progressed a little bit, got more into – that's kind of like a, uh, a tiptoe into the punk world. And then you said you started playing in punk bands. So yeah. uh, it kind of progressed from there. I'm assuming probably into like the No Effects or Offspring or something. No effects was on a lot of the old snowboard movies that my uh, brother left around the house. Yeah. So I'd put those on all the time, and it was like a lot of no effects, prong, lard, white zombie. Um... Oh, those old skate and snowboard videos were great. They would just oh, have yeah. so much unlicensed music on there, and it would just, I would love it, man. Totally. That's the first time I heard Unsane. Uh, first time I heard Suicidal Tendencies. First There's time a I lot heard... of suicidal on those, too, yeah. yeah. First time I heard Sonic Youth. Uh, first time I heard a ton of bands. 
So yeah, that's awesome, man. And so you kind of got into that from from that world. Yeah, well, and also at the same time, like when when my brother Tim would leave those snowboard movies around, like also if if he was at home. You know, he was a lot older than me. I didn't get to choose what was on the TV all yeah. the time if he was around, but MTV was on all the time. And yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that uh, that was the case because that was back when they were playing everything. Like, you'd see MC Hammer one minute, and then yeah. they'd play Pantera right after oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you'd get to see hard music in there the wasn't middle a of the ton day. Of, there was uh, – they probably didn't have that many music videos to play, so they just played whatever they had, right? Yeah, exactly. They only had, like, three other shows that weren't music at that point. Yeah. And, and even Beavis and Butthead – had music videos on it, so I remember when my brother, when Beavis and Butthead came out, my brother was super excited, and he was all like, "Oh yeah, me and all my friends are getting together at so and so's house, who has a big TV, and we're gonna watch this new show called Beavis and Butthead." And I remember nice. laughing. Frog baseball. And then my mom immediately told him, uh, "You're not letting him watch that." Uh, and then you watched it. Oh yeah, well, he totally let me watch. That. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact—if your mom wouldn't have said that, you probably wouldn't have cared that much. But the fact that she said that made you want to watch it ten times more. When my older brother was watching it, you know, it was cool, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. So from there, uh, what what made you want to pick up drums? Uh, my grandpa, when I was like four or five, got me a snare drum. That's and awesome. It was, you know, I didn't really learn how to play it for a while. I just, you know, I, I like to hit it. Of course. It made noise. Just be annoying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then... Um, time like fourth grade time came around to like oh hey you want to join the school band <laughs> and learn me. how to play an instrument and my mom was like hey are you interested and i was like well i already own a snare drum might as well go that direction with it and <laughs> i got offered lessons by don bennett which nice. was some of the best lessons you could get at the time you know and just took off from there just decided i love music and then your first bands were like punk bands and kind of went from there yeah just like stuff that was fast and aggressive what was that band name again Crack pipe shiv. That's amazing. <laughs> I want a crack pipe shiv t-shirt. Travis, Travis the virus. How about you, man? What was the first CD or tape or whatever that you purchased? And then uh, what made you kind of fall back in, into the rabbit hole of it and keep going? Well, uh, the first the first album I actually ever bought with my own money uh, was I bought uh, Nirvana's Nevermind <coughs> on cassette. Never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I was I was 11 when it came out and 12 when I actually heard it. Nice. And I went and uh, spent my allowance money on it at our neighborhood Target. And uh, I really liked it. And that was, the, that was the first rock band I got into, the first contemporary rock band, because all the other rock bands that I listened to at the time, like Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, uh, The Doors, that kind of stuff. It was all bands that, uh, I mean, even at the time, uh, had, were either not around anymore or past their heyday. And it was stuff that my dad and my, my mostly my dad was It might into. rock, but it's still dad's music. Right. He, um, yeah, he got me, a, he made me a, a mixtape of Doors and Rolling Stones when I was in elementary school. So, yeah. um I, uh, I I listened to that stuff, but Nevermind was different because it was newer. It was like just really loud garage rock, and I it was loved yours it. now. Exactly, it was your music. Exactly, it was it's what like you got into yourself. Yeah, this is happening now. Yep. I mean, it's happening in Seattle, which is a city twenty miles away from where I'm growing up because I'm twelve. But it's happening now, and it and it was happening now because that's fitting. We've talked about this on the first show, the first show you ever went to. 
was actually a surprise Nirvana show. It was. It was a surprise Nirvana show. It was a uh, it was a benefit for the Mia Zapata Detective Fund because yeah. that was when uh, Mia Zapata from the Gits was unfortunately uh, killed. Yes, around that time, and uh, they announced on KISW tonight. It was probably Kathy Faulkner. Probably Kathy Faulkner. Yeah. Um, that 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 very night. They were playing that Nirvana were doing a secret set after the main headliners, who were Tad, nice. uh, at the King Cat Theater. Oh, it cost seven dollars, and that's I, so awesome. I begged my Woo! parents to let me go. My dad took me and a few of my friends, and I will always be grateful for him for that because he was uh, he was well, obviously he wasn't into Nirvana. He liked classic rock and old country music. But he knew how much it meant to you, man. Yeah, he did know how, how much it meant to me. He also probably thought, well, if he wants to see this Nirvana band, $7 a ticket is probably a really great price. Oh, so yeah. this will save us from having this conversation in a year from now. Where it's 40 bucks or something. Yeah, so. exactly. And this was, and I want to, like, for, for those of you that uh, don't remember exactly this time frame, this was after Nevermind really broke big, yeah. but before In Utero was released. So this so is like, like one of the biggest bands in the world. This right was now. like near the height of Nirvana's popularity when oh they were God. actually a band. And I saw them at the King Cat with a couple of friends, and it was my my first rock show. It was my first time at the King Cat Theater. It was my first mosh pit. It was a blast. Talk about leaving a freaking iconic memory dude that's awesome i'm glad you kind of we can recall that uh but man that's a that's way epic. to start your concert going on a right? really good note it's gonna take a Shout lot to live to up to dad that for that one. Oh man. yeah yeah he uh yeah he was always cool about my mom didn't want me going to concerts by myself yeah. when i was young when i was in middle school so um my dad got uh suckered into taking me he took me to uh he took me uh, my first metal concert, which was White Zombie, Prong, and The Obsessed nice. at the Paramount. Wow. He took me to that. Um, and then uh, my first Pantera show at the Mercer Arena. Uh, that place was cool. Um, where uh, Prong and Sepultura were opening for them. Uh, yeah, Prong had just released Cleansing. Pantera had just released Far Beyond Driven. And Sepultura had just released Chaos AD. Jesus so Christ. that was a crazy show. And I loved it. So, like, yeah, after all that, how could I not how could I not follow the path of rock and metal yeah. after that? It's just it was it just it was for me. It was great. It was like it was just spoke to me in a way that other music hadn't. And by that time I had had heard a lot between my dad's uh, my mom and dad's collection of like mm -hmm. classic rock, old uh old country oldies radio and all that stuff they uh i had had I, I i had had exposure to a lot of music that a lot of kids my age and my area just didn't so it just went on from there i just i i got totally into it i i explored uh you know, after after Nirvana, I it was great, but I needed something heavier, yeah. and so then I got into uh, Megadeth and Metallica. Yeah. Just be, just from hearsay, I, I heard like, oh, these bands are really heavy, and people, uh, you know, seem to like them. I'll check them out, and it was great. And uh, then after that, in middle school, I met uh, I met some other people that were into music. Um, um, this guy, uh, 
an old friend from middle school who uh, had moved to my town from Idaho, a guy named Blaine. He's the guy that got me into uh, he got me into Slayer. He got me into uh, Guar, Suicidal Tendencies, yeah. Exodus. Uh, Let's see, uh, Testament. He showed me some Testament stuff, and it, and then after that, I, I it was uh, I, I progressed quite quickly after sure. that. From that to uh, bands like Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, Carcass, All Napalm right. Death, yep. Entombed, and this was around the same time that Earache had that deal with Columbia Records. Okay, so, so a, a little bit more easily accessible, right? So I could actually find. Uh, like Napalm Death and Carcass CDs in my local record store yeah. at that point. So it was, and after that, I just like after going through the whole thing progression of like from classic rock to grunge to thrash metal to death metal. It just this doors were open. Boom! Yeah, the floodgates were open, and I just yeah, fanatically digested as much heavy extreme music as I could. Um, not all of it was great, uh, but, uh, you know, I was a kid, so what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, like, that just made me like, yeah, I want to do this. This sounds fun. This is, uh, yeah, this, uh, as, as, uh, as, as Pig Destroyer said, this is beautiful. This is art. Yes, I like it. And look at you now. Fitting. You're a walking, talking library of metal. He's a living embodiment Any, of metal. Anytime I've said I need before. to know <laughs> well, anything about metal or a metal band, you usually go to him first rather oh, than Google. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> F the metal archives. We got Travis the Virus right here. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, I'm but... just kidding, metal archives. If you're listening, don't don't take it personally. <laughs> but I'd rather hit up Travis than Google. There you go. Uh, Siri? No, Travi. <laughs> what? No, I don't know. That, that's that's lame. Uh, anyway, so you're listening to Carnotaurus. Uh, we're getting the kind of the backstory about the band, but we're going to go into another couple songs from the band. We've talked long enough here for a portion. We're going to go into, uh, let me see here. We got Stampede. Oh, no, we already did Stampede. We're going into Ankylosaur Combat. Ankylosaur? Ankylosaur. Ankylosaur Combat. And Spike Thumbs to the Throat, both from Wrath of the Flash... Flesh Eating Bull. Uh, shout out to Corby. She did uh, the artwork for this one. I oh, she did the layout, the layout for it. Yeah. For it, the uh, yeah, the, the 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 photo on the cover of the back of the uh, forest. I actually took nice. The skull logo was drawn by uh, Adam Adam Slonocker Force. Slonocker Force. I'm sorry, Adam, if I'm pronouncing your name. Yeah, he's he's the singer, bass player for the band Ghost Blood. Okay, and he does a lot of great artwork. He did artwork for Command for Oxygen Destroyer. Killer. He did a label cover for the local a local meadery called Cult Mead. I forget the name of that, but you should look that up. And it's just it he just did this badass Carnotaurus skull for us and uh, yeah that's adorning the cover so yeah shout out to adam and corby for helping me put all that together they're playing lucky liquor on the 23rd of november and then this so that's this weekend or also daryl's tavern december 7th up in shoreline we're gonna play those ta- songs and then we'll be back with a little bit more from carnotaurus it's loud and local after hours a redo if you will with carnotaurus here on loud and local <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
Listening to Carnotaurus here on Loud and Local, the redo edition. Do you guys know what date we actually recorded the first one? Do you, do you know off the I top of your head? I think it was September 8th. So, yeah, it sounds about right. I so. think it's September 8th. It yeah. was right around the time. And uh, if you were experiencing any, like, uh, if you're a regular listener of Loud and Local or the men's room, there's a couple days there where the podcasts weren't updating. It's because our uh, system was down, man. And uh, this was the only show of Loud and Local that was uh, was deleted forever. So we had to redo it, man. It's a Monday here, and we're hanging out. And uh, it is 930 at night, but we got we to gotta make some time for the local goodness, man. And I'm glad I could have my boys up here. Uh, uh, this is, again, Carnotaurus. They're going to be playing November thir- 23rd. My bad. November 23rd at Lucky Liquor with Veriteris, Hands of Deliverance, Hands of Deliverance and DoveCon, and then Daryl's Tavern in Shoreline. Uh, that's uh, up near... That's uh, is it, that's Nothing. not on Aurora, it's, is it? It's is on, that on Aurora? Yeah. It's, on, it's it on 99, yeah. It's okay. on 99, up only further, further north than Seattle 99. Okay. Yeah, it's next to uh, a Jack in the Box, I There think. you go. A drunk food there for you. Uh, December 7th with DoveCon and Steel Tigers of Death. Guys, uh, the decade's almost over. What do we have in store for 2020, guys? Well, Any, any uh, goals or some ideas? Oh, New yeah. Just Hogways Pizza Lagoon. Not really, though. We're not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, wait, seriously, is that a real place? It could be. Uh, it could be, of okay. course. Um well, yeah, we're just planning on uh, now that we've gotten uh, a, a, a solid lineup together, and uh, we're just gonna we're we're gonna start writing more material. Nice. We're gonna we're, we're release a couple more. Uh, we're going to release as much more music as we can afford to next year. Uh, we'll probably do a couple EPs, maybe a few singles. Probably with Cody Brumlow again, right? Oh, absolutely, um, definitely. Yeah, we we love the way he made a sound. It's great working with him, and we will definitely be going through him again. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be releasing more music. We're gonna after this December seventh show, we're probably gonna uh, hold off on live shows until January or February. Okay. After but holidays, after yeah. that, after 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 the holidays, after we uh, have our what we're, our personal schedules are like in January, 
out there sorted out. We're going to basically just try to play as many shows as we can. Killer. Uh, release, uh, like we said, get a physical release of Wrath of the Flesh Eating Bull yep. up. Uh, I'd love to expand beyond, uh, like, I'd love to go down and play Portland again. Uh, what We were talking to uh, uh, ba- uh, some musicians from other areas, like Salem. Yeah. I'd love to go go down there and play. We've never been to Salem. Should be fun. Um, and just, uh, yeah, like, take everything that we start been doing the last six months and just bump it up another level. Put in even more time, put even more work. Uh, w- Want to write songs that are even weirder and uh, more brutal, more bizarre, and uh, just show everybody how awesome we think dinosaur death metal is. Absolutely, man. That sounds like a good uh, rest of the uh, 2020 for you, and uh, we'll be keeping in touch with you guys, and if you, if there's another release, we'd l- be happy to have you uh, back here on Loud and Local. What, I say we, like it's anyone more than me, but <laughs> I would be happy to. So Again, the 23rd at Lucky Liquor, and that's down in the su- uh, South Seattle area, and then in the North Seattle shoreline, Daryl's Tavern on December 7th. Uh, where can people find you and uh, follow along with you guys online and uh, listen to your music? Uh, you can check us out at carnotaurus.bandcamp.com where all of our music, new and old, is available. Most of it is available for pay whatever you want awesome. uh, to download it. And uh, you can also uh, hear our songs on our YouTube channel, which, we're again, we're also next year, we're planning on putting a lot more effort into that. Right now there's just some, like, music you can hear um you want to follow us on instagram uh, you can look up uh, look up carnotaurus metal and you'll see us there and uh, we also uh see i mean obviously we're also on facebook yep. uh we did have a twitter for a while but i think it got uh, hijacked by some uh, crazy supercomputer from the future Lame. so um i don't know if that's still going or not crazy and uh yeah, pretty much uh, that's where you can find us. If you want to listen to us, uh, like I said, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Amazon Music, I- iTunes. They're everywhere. Tidal, Just search Carnotaurus. Everywhere. You'll search find it. Carnotaurus streaming and you will find it. It's not hard to find. Um, I'll, I'll put some links up on the Instagram page in the next week or so now that I'm thinking about it. Great. And uh, so, yeah, that's how you can keep up with us. Awesome, guys. Uh, Yeah, we're going to end with a song here called uh, Wrath of the Flesh Eating Bull. It is, of course, the title track from the record. It's the longest uh, song on the EP. We're going to end on that note. But uh, before we go into that, I want to thank you guys for coming out and uh, redoing this whole whole thing. And uh, who do you want to thank and and shout outs before we get into the song? Um, Well, first of all, thank you for having us back on. You're welcome. Of course. And. you know, my mom and dad have always supported uh, supported me wanting to make music. Even when you were in crack pipe shiv? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, my mom let me have a practice space at the house there in the spare bedroom. So, and, you know, dad would always, like, you know, when I was young and didn't have a car, he'd help me move my drums around to places to go Very play cool. shows. Yeah. Um, he even actually, my dad actually uh, paid for one of the songs on the EP that we just recorded. That's awesome. Um, I want to thank my brother Tim for always being supportive as well and, you know, exposing me to awesome music when I was a kid. Yeah. Without him, I wouldn't. I I don't know if I'd be into this. Um, and he's also a fan. So that's, that's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Makes girl- it easier to help uh, and and be stoked on it when he actually likes the music, right? Right. And my my girlfriend Michelle, you know, she's always thought that this is a cool thing to do. She comes to every show. She helps us sell merch. She helps me move my drums. Even. Yeah. Best girlfriend ever. And Rudy at Don Bennett Drums. 
that that guy always makes sure I have everything I need. Yeah. And Don Bennett, the guy who uh, whose drum shop it used to be, he taught me how to play drums. So Perfect. All those people, you know, I wouldn't be, um, I probably wouldn't be doing this without them. That's awesome, man. And Travis, the virus, man. What about you? Um, well, first of all, uh, my mom and dad have always been super supportive of everything I do, even my uh, even my dinosaur death metal project. They've yeah. always been always been supportive. They even came to a bunch of our shows in the early days. That's awesome. Um, so I want to thank them. I want to thank uh, my sister Jess and her family because she's always been great and supportive to me as well. Um, uh, as you mentioned earlier, my friend Corby, my roommate and my best friend, who is has like done a lot to help Carnotaurus behind the scenes. Um, my my but my my buddy Jake, who I've known uh, probably longer from Detonator, than, yeah, from Detonator and, yep. and the Spitting Cobras, who I've known probably longer than no, definitely longer than any other musician I know. That's awesome. He's a great dude. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, well. You and the metal shop guys, Ian and Ryan, not just for uh, you know being here today, but also all you know the friendship that I've uh, had with you guys over the last decade. Of course, yes. Um, I, other friends, John and Jeremiah, yep. who have always been supportive. Uh, Cody for getting us some really great recordings. Adam for the badass logo that he's done. Uh, Chris for, since he can't be here today, yep. uh, I want to thank Chris for offering to join the band and stepping up and learning the tunes. Yeah. And uh, despite the fact that he already has another band, he really wanted to do more heavy stuff as well. What's his other band? Uh, he's in a band called RCK, who cool. play more straightforward uh, garage rock type stuff. Right on. Yeah. Good stuff, but not nearly as heavy as us. Okay, but go check um, them out. Yeah, they're playing. I think they're playing the Rendezvous on uh, the at the end of the month. So Very cool. look that up. It's um, pronounced Rendis Vows. Rendis Vows. Rendis yes. Vows. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, finally, I want I want to thank everybody who's ever uh, you know supported us by listening to our music. Buying our CDs, downloading our stuff, buying a T-shirt, come out to our shows and rocked out and had a good time, and uh, supported us in any way because yeah, without without you uh, would be an even longer, harder slog than being in a band already is. Yeah, to the people that support. Yeah, to the people that support. Even if if you're in a band, whether you have like 50 people or five people that are fans of your band. Never forget them, because without them, things would be a lot harder for you. For sure, man. And cheers to that. We're going to go out on that note. Wrath of the Flesh Eating Bull. You'll be able to hear this song live, I'm, I'm assuming, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be playing this song live for a long time. Right on. The title track from their EP, you can hear it now. They're going to be playing Lucky Liquor on November 23rd in Daryl's Tavern, Shoreline, December 7th. Here's Wrath of the Flesh Eating Bull. Carnotaurus, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you.
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.